From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope this episode finds you doing well. I have been away for a few weeks, but I'm ready to get rolling again. As we continue in this global pandemic, if you're like me, you continue to miss things that probably you took for granted before the world changed. I love live music, and I adore sitting in a theater watching a live production. Hello, Dolly, Mary Poppins, and Wicked are just some of my favorites. The lights on Broadway went dark on March 12th as COVID cases skyrocketed in New York City. The closure of all of those shows left many performers out of work, including two Kentucky natives. This week on Uniquely Kentucky, I'm sitting down with Patrick Garr and Colton Ryan. Both were performing in their respective shows at the time. Colton Ryan gained name for himself when he secured the understudy role on Dear Evan Hansen a few years ago. When COVID hit, he had just opened in a new show on Broadway, Girl from North Country. Patrick Garr, meanwhile, he found himself on Broadway in the smash hit Mean Girls. He was actually on the road touring with a national company of Hamilton when the lights went dark. Both hope, despite the shutdown, that the Great White Way comes back stronger than ever when the curtain finally goes back up. Uniquely Kentucky with Amber Philpot is brought to you by the WKYT News and Weather apps, available on the App Store and Google Play. I want to welcome into Uniquely Kentucky two fellas who um, are like Broadway's next stars. I mean, come on. This is like a big treat for me. Someone who loves theater all the way around. Please welcome Colton Ryan, Patrick Garr. Fellas, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Is it weird that I call you Broadway's next stars? I mean, I think that's what you're headed for. Um. Uh, yeah, I mean, you may be one of the only ones who says, <laughs> I can't speak for Patrick, but yeah, yeah I mean, it, it definitely doesn't feel bad, that's for sure. Yeah. Let, me, let me tell people if they don't know you guys, um, you guys are Central Kentucky guys. Um, so Colton, on your uh, resume, we'll say you were just getting ready to be in Girl from North Country. People know you probably best from uh, Dear Evan Hansen. Little Voice, which is now out on Apple TV. Uh, you're a scapper. Seven days. Seven days away, Amber. Sorry. Seven days not away. It's not out yet. No, not out yet. No, we're premiering in seven, July 10th. Seven days. I'm sorry. I got ahead of myself. And then Patrick, um, f- folks might know you from Mean Girls. You were on uh, a tour of Hamilton. You got Hello Do- Dolly, Fiddler on the Roof, a UK grad 2016. So a lot under your belt. And you guys are not that old, right? I'm glad you think so, yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> let, let me start with this. Um, again, I am someone that absolutely adores everything about Broadway, about theater. I absolutely love regional theater. So let's start out. What were you guys thinking back in March when you got news that Broadway was going to go dark? And I think it was like March 12th. So Patrick, what was your initial reaction when you heard that? Yeah, it, it was almost very surreal because um, we um, seeing other people's shows being dark that day and we still had a performance. It was very surreal. Um, it felt strange um, for the f- first time having Broadway be dark in forever uh, since 2001. It was very strange having that feeling of everything just shutting down in the blink of a second. Colton, what about you? Yeah, same. Um, well, we had just opened... Uh, Girl from North Country a week prior. So um, 
I was just getting comfy cozy for like the first time. Uh, like I just got my Xbox to the theater. I was like, I was ready to go for the long haul. Um, and yeah, it was, it was strange because it was one of those, um, I mean, it's obviously unprecedented. That's a, that's a, an understatement of a word, but like when it came to even the, the delivery of the news, there was no bedside manner because no one knew what to do. Like I, I had word from, you know, the governor's office on CNN before I knew from my employer, not by anyone's fault, but it's just, you know, I mean, we were even doing hula hoops in our head of going, you know, the governor saying no crowds of over 500 people. And then we're going, okay, well, maybe that doesn't apply to us. Cause if you do, you know, start, you know, we're starting to do the, the mental backflips to try to make it all just smooth over, be okay. Um, and really it's been waves of like, I mean, the beginning was sort of like, okay, you know, whatever, well, this is awful, but we'll figure it out. And it's only as the months go by that it gets stranger and stranger where it's like, uh, okay, well, is it time to start looking into, you know, there's no industry that, it, to it, that exists currently. And uh, we don't know when it or how it will come back. So what, what have you guys been doing? Because I mean, you're essentially like a lot of Americans, you were out of work really quick. Mm -hmm. So what have you guys been doing sort of over the last, you know, several months? Um, I've, when I first got home, it was so nice. Cause it, it was um, a little breather to like enjoy resting my body and my voice and my mind um, and getting to be with family, which is something that I never um, expected would happen so soon. So it was very nice at first. And then after a while, just like Colton, it, um, it starts to feel weird. I love like doing stuff. So it feels so weird. Cause like also, um, I feel like the whole industry has to be ready at a moment's notice to like in the blink of an eye, go back to doing eight shows a week. Um, even like after rehearsal, it's very, um, you just always have to like be ready. So it's, it's keeping yourself busy. I, I've been teaching more than I expected. Cause it's something that I love doing um, is teaching a lot and still staying like creative in some ways um, and uh, cooking a lot and enjoying being outside and with my dogs. So that's something that like passes the time and allows you to still, um, have like creative juices flowing and the Lex has been an incredible resource. Um, I've been teaching for them with Lindy and Jeremy and it's, it's, it's been a joy to see how many people like going into a Zoom room are just so excited even with like no future of knowing, am I going back to school in person? Am I, I'm a, a freshman in college and I haven't even started and I'm, I chose my university and then I don't even know if I'm gonna have, um, get my BFA in musical theater in person somewhere. It's, it's a very strange feeling. So it's cool to be able to still have um, an industry where the basis of what we do brings people together and allows this time to be a little um, more gentle and still exciting to find ways to still be like an ongoing student of learning everything that we can and um, supporting each other during this time as well. That makes my heart so happy because knowing that you folks are really excited to get back because I'm excited to be able to be back in a theater and to be able to see shows again. So that'll be great. Colton, what have you been up to? What are your days filled with? Um, that's that's the, the million dollar question, isn't it? Um, still figuring that one out, how to fill them. Um, yeah, at the beginning, I, uh, I was in New York for a bit. Um, I'm almost like 99.9% .9 positive, uh, I had the virus in the beginning. It was kind of passing around uh, the community like like, uh, like gangbusters. And I had a bunch of the symptoms, so I was really wary of coming home, but, but it just kind of seemed after a while um, not feasible to stay. Uh, and 
at the beginning of the time I was here, it was really nice. My mom had a lot of home improvement projects to keep me busy. And, uh, and I actually, I built, this is like an anti room in her home that I've co-opted into my own studio space. Um, so yeah, that's been the, the, the kicker is trying to, um, remain calm and stay or, or try to motivate myself to be creative without being, um, incentivized to be creative it's it's a much harder thing on your own but then yet it might sound cliche but there is this like need inside you to do something that is um that is outside of normal reality that you know at least once a day something that is outside of the box um but getting the gumption to do that takes a i mean that's a lot of takes its own up, right? Yeah. <laughs> you so, actually ever tested for COVID-19 or are you just pretty sure you felt like? I, um, no, I didn't test at the time because it was just so limited. This was like real early days and I really didn't want to, um, go to any sort of, you know, doctor's office. I was just scared like everybody else. I got tested last week here at the amazing drive through one through Kroger, uh, BCTC and, uh, good news. It was a no. So that's good. Um, no, I didn't get tested at the time, but there was like eight or nine of us in the cast who all had the same symptoms. I mean, I still have some lingering symptoms. My smells centers are still, um, wildly wrong. I smell all these weird smells that don't exist all the time. Um, it's very, I mean, it's very minor in comparison to what other people go through. Um, but it's, I mean, it's very real. It's, it's just, it's, it's just strange. As excited as you both are to get back to work, obviously when you go back, it's a huge cast and crew and a ton of people together. Do you worry either of you about kind of being back? And as you said, it was kind of running rampant maybe before. Do you worry about that going forward once we get back to where you guys can get into a theater? Yeah, I mean, I, I worry about others. I don't worry about myself so much. I mean, I was I was actually in a cast that was uniquely um pretty diverse when it came to age range and um i remember when we closed down it almost felt felt late almost because there was so much buzz even at our opening night party a week prior like i've never seen a party that didn't go to like at least two but no one wanted to be in that tent for too long because all the murmurs were like it's here it's here don't don't be with a large group of people so I don't worry about myself, but there's a couple older members of the cast that I just, and they don't worry, but it's just a respect thing of, you know, um, and from a purely practical standpoint, anytime I've tr had to do anything small, like a video or a sing something here or there, I mean, I am nervous because you get out of practice. It's like, it's hard to, um, to kind of convince yourself like, that what you're what what you need to be doing is worthwhile and uh especially when we do it at that level again it's going to be i mean we will need to rehearse i'll tell you that much patrick what about you i i feel very similar similarly um it's it's so fascinating that um just like colton said you get out of practice really fast like your muscles atrophy so much quicker than they build up and it's insane that you think about like how many hours and how much um effort goes into all this and like um I it took me like six weeks to learn the show so it's crazy like going back into it um it, your body just it's still in your body somewhere but it, it, it's definitely a different beast that you're like oh 
oh, okay, this is what we're doing. But it's cool to also think of the positive side of like, cool, how can I make this even easier for myself going back into the show? And how can it be um, like a fun game to like a trial and error of how can we make the flow, ebb and flow even better. And um, it, just thinking about that downbeat of like the beginning of the show when we all come back is like, it gives me tingles thinking about it because it's just like so miraculous with like, we're all gonna be like giddy, just like every audience member for the first time again. Um, but it is worrisome because I think it was different. Um, not, we were in Florida when it happened in Miami was kind of like the last place to be, have like a lot of um, reaction to everything that was going on um, with like the unknown. So I think that's also scary coming back to it is still um, the unknown of how I can affect someone else because I don't ever want to um, be a, a risk for someone else as well. Um, and even the risk of like coming home with my family um, I had no clue if I'd had it. I was tested when I got home. I had the antibody test um, and mine came back negative, but I know a bunch of people who have been around have had it. So I definitely have been exposed. Um, but it was very, um, it was like culture shock at first because I'm you're in like a groove and a routine. Um, and I just let go of my apartment that I was leasing and about to buy a place when all of this happened. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, I can't do that. And then I had to fly back to Kentucky like a day and a half later. So it was just very... Um, eye-opening and a, a little like scary and weird because I was like I don't know what's happening but I, I'm, I'm grateful to be home and have a home in Kentucky to go to but it was like your whole life just kind of like shifts from being in um, Airbnbs and hotels and like different places and like you I plan my tour stops like six weeks in advance with like places to go that I love to see and then um, all of a sudden I was like oh I gotta pack up my life that I normally pack up on Saturday today and get on a plane tomorrow. And it was it was just a lot of logistic things that I don't think like anybody, there was no precedence for any of this. And it's it was um, all new for everyone. So everyone was just trying to like stay calm and um, have a little he level head and like be a family for each other, which is awesome. All right, we got all the heavy stuff out of the way talking about COVID-19 ah. shutdowns. Let's talk about you guys and the show. So I'm gonna start, I guess, Patrick, I'm gonna start with you. So you get a call that you're gonna be a part of Mean Girls. I mean, Everyone I know talks about that show. What was that moment like um, to know that you were going to be a part of something? And did you know that it was going to be so wildly popular? Did you did you have any inkling that it might be? Yeah, it was it was wild. I was in like crazy disbelief when I got the call. <laughs> um, could I, I, I've been I was in New York for about um, like a year before that. Um, and I remember the first year I was um, choreographing a lot, I was teaching, and then um, in December I was part of um, a, a workshop called Dance Lab New York where you work with like new choreographers bringing like off-Broadway shows and um, works to New York City Ballet and stuff like that, and it was the most incredible thing to be able to work with like so many um, creatives in creating something that didn't have um, a product side to it. It was only to give safe space to like movers in the room. Um, and then I went in for a show called Jerome Robbins Broadway in January, and it was awesome because it was at the Muni where I worked before, and it was so cool to um, book that and be able to go back to like a place that felt like home. Um, and I was like, cool, okay, there, there's like a light at the end of the tunnel. This is this is this is awesome. Um, and it was very unexpected when I got that call because I went in for a show called Prom, um, and I'd been in uh, callbacks for it for a while, and then um, I made it to the finals, and then they called me in for Mean Girls from that call. Um, and I actually wasn't supposed to be able to do it. I was, uh, had conflicting dates with Jerome Robbins Broadway. Um, and then they told me to go ahead and come in. Um, 
I, it was a very quick audition. I went in on a Friday for like an hour and then on Monday in the morning for like 35 minutes. Um, we all danced like two combos and then sang our 16 bars and left and like, hey, we'll be in touch. I was like, awesome, cool, we'll see what happens. Um, and I remember calling my agent and manager and I was like, I don't know what else I could have done. I, I felt really good about that. And I walked out and I was just like smiling. Um, and then that night my manager called me and was like, hey, so, um, they said like right now you're kind of the, the choice, like we're gonna see what happens. And then the next morning I remember I was getting ready to go to my side job. I was working for a law firm in New York um, as a legal assistant, even though I did not go to school for law, uh, law at all. Um, but then I got the call from my manager and she was like, hey, so um, the job's not gonna start till July. And this was like February. <laughs> and she's like, but um, they sent every, or they sent me a memo and I just want to let you know, like, welcome to your Broadway debut as the Vacation Swing and Mean Girls. And I like broke down on the street. I like didn't, I think I didn't talk for like 30 seconds. And my manager's like, Patrick, are you there? Are you there? And I literally ran inside and I was like, I'm not going to my side job today. I'm going home. I'm so happy. <laughs> she totally understood. She came and saw me in like shows, which was so awesome. She was like, take And she was so sweet and like so supportive. Um, but it was crazy because I went to see like opening on Broadway and we like you go to it and you like dress up and it's like a whole evening and I saw the show opening night um and it was just like I was in tears because I was like this is so cool that we get to do this and I hope that this happens one day and the next thing I knew I was getting like an email from the stage manager like come to the theater to the stage door of our Broadway theater and get your stuff I was like oh my god I think I'm gonna cry <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool, just like picking up my script and walking down the street and I couldn't tell anyone until the day that I started rehearsal. So I was like having to hide my book in my backpack and like walk down the street so nobody knew what was happening. And everyone was like, why aren't you auditioning? And I was like, well, no reason. I'm just like taking this off. <laughs> I love everything about that. That makes me want to cry. That's an amazing <laughs> story. That's awesome. So you were with Mean Girls for how long? Six months. Six months. Awesome. And then, um, Colton, I'm not leaving you out. I'm just going to go ahead. No, no, this is thrilling. Please keep going. Um, So on Hamilton, you were kind of on the national tour. And I read somewhere where, like, you were on the stage for, like, two hours and 45 minutes of, like, the three-hour show. That's incredible. I mean, Hamilton has become this just, I mean, huge. I mean, it's now out on Disney+. And I, I would imagine that Mean Girls was an amazing experience, but then being able to take Hamilton across the country had to had to be really special yeah it it was um it was such a last minute thing that I I I was almost in disbelief it happened so fast I remember actually seeing Colton at yeah this is wild (laughs) I saw Colton at a diner on my last day in New York when I was getting brunch with a friend the day before I left for tour and he was like where what's going on and I was like I'm just kind of like leaving the city and then I told him that I booked Hamilton yeah I hadn't seen you in like like maybe six months to a year and I'm and I was just like, dude, what's up? And you were like, oh, it's actually crazy. I'm packing. I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> it was so last minute. They, I got the call on, I remember I was like um, in the middle of sound check for like a 54 Below show, um, a cabaret that I was doing that night. And I got the call in the morning at like 10 a.m. And my manager was like, pick up the phone. And I was like on stage sound checking. And I was like, okay, hold on, give me like three minutes. I'm going to sound check. Um, and then she was like, no, you need to like, uh, conference call like my agent and manager conference call and it's like something important and I was like this is either really good or really bad <laughs> and I stepped in the hallway and they were just like well you booked Hamilton and I thought that I was going to be doing like a rehearsal for it or like a, a boot camp or something and then they're like no you you booked um the first national tour of Samuel Seabury and you're leaving in four days and I was like oh I gotta pack up in four days okay let's do this let's go <laughs> so my body was automatically like okay wh- what do we do Th- this is real 
it was just like all of a sudden packing. I've been in New York for almost like three and a half years then. Um, and then I left and I um, actually joined in Cincinnati, which was really, really cool. I still got to like see my family for my first, I wasn't like performing, but I was in rehearsal. So it was cool um, to see my family. Um, they drove up and like said hi, just for like a brand new thing. I'd never been on tour. Um, and I'm very lucky that this is my first tour because it's, it's been awesome to have like long sit downs and it's such a beautiful show. And it was so unexpected. It was one of those things that I told myself, I hope that I get to do this before I'm like 30 or 40. <laughs> or move into another facet of the business of choreographing or directing or something. And I hope that I get to do this because it's such a beautiful, beautiful piece that I think people connect to in so many different ways. And it, it, it's a show that shows, I always say that it's a show where you can see every um, type of artist or person on stage and you get to find that one person that you're like, oh my gosh, they're just like me and I can do this. And mm. it's just so awesome to see that where there are just so many different people that you can find someone who has like a path that you really admire and get to be a part of and see on stage. Yeah. Colton, uh, you, as we said, you had just started Girl from North Country. Um, so tell me a little bit about, that's something I wasn't familiar with. I started reading about it, but it had kind of an interesting way about what the show is. Yeah, she's a weird one. Uh, she, uh, she is a musical uh, that is based in 1934 Depression era um, Duluth, Minnesota. And it really is like a boarding house, you know, O'Neill-esque play. But every once in a while, we pull out an old time radio mic and we sing a Bob Dylan song. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, there's not much explaining other than yeah. that's kind of, it's this, you know, it's an art house piece. So that's, Kind of. That's what's amazing about theater is that you can go in thinking you're going to watch one thing and all of a sudden it becomes something else and the music just really takes you to a different place. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, Dear Evan Hansen, again, something that was wildly popular. What was it like to be a part of that and, and be in the middle of something that was so popular and so many people clamored to go see? Yeah, I mean, I, I still joke about this a lot because um, I, I've done a couple things, even like this North country thing that like, I'm, I'm very proud of and, and I'm very proud of Evan Hansen too, but it's funny coming like, like I'm now considered an honorary neighbor in, in this suburb that I'm in, in Lex. And it's been like, to me, it's like, it was three years ago. It's so far away, but even still, just because of the nature of what it is, neighbors will be like, Hey, are you, uh, you're in that, you're in that Evan Hansen thing, right? You know, they still like, and I'm like, no, no, um, it's been a while, actually. And they're like, oh, are you going to go back? What's, what's, what's up with that? And um, you have a cult following like that. You well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not following. It's not, it's not often. I mean, uh, Patrick knows, like, there's not, like with Hamilton, there's not many shows, especially in not rural areas. Lexington's not a rural area by any stretch, but, but not the, the gigantic hubs of America that it's music theater isn't popular. It's not, it is on, on certain sections of the web and in certain compartments of people's hearts or, you know, but, but on a very base level, um, it's gotten a bad rep for a long time. So when you hit zeitgeist level with the show, like it, it, it really is, it, it skews your perspective. Like I was a part of that first year and everything about it was strange because because people here back at home knew about what it was. It wasn't like, you know, a show that there's many great shows that open and your dreams come true and they close before the Tonys and 
and no one hears about him except for in the history books. And, you know, you could be really popular to someone like Patrick or I being like, you were in that thing, you know, but I could explain it to anyone back home. Like this North Country thing, I could explain it to my neighbors. I'll be like, it's a Bob Dylan show. And they're like, oh, that's cool. What about that boy, the Evan, Evan uh, Smith boy? What about him? You know, it's always like that. And, oh. and uh, it's kind of but an amazing thing. That has. That's the thing. They still know, right? No, yeah, I know. That's you know, the that's thing. I mean, it's awesome. like, what, what a crazy reach, especially for an art form that, that happens all over the country, but for the most part has the most uh, concentration within like four city blocks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to reach that far, it, it's honestly anything I've ever done since it's the greatest blessing and curse of my life because it's all connected to it because I was one of the kids who was in the, it was in the, the cast. So it was like, you know, even as the fringe, as the understudy to the, the guy, Ben, it would be like, oh my God, you're the number two. You know, it was like, <laughs> it, there was enough of that to generate enough buzz to let me hope, thankfully go to the next thing, which it doesn't always happen. And like, you, you can't ignore how cool or singular that kind of thing is. I love in the acting world that you can still be the number two guy or gal and still be like super like cool, still super appreciated, you know? Um, well, yeah, especially, I mean, Patrick knows when you've, when you've done it, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's a thankless role in some ways. And in, and it's one of those things that like, when you know, you know, when you've done it and you're like, I mean, I've had situations, you know, where you go out there and I've literally walked out the door and people are like, Oh, you know, cause like it's because even if you impress them with all your abilities, there's still certain, um, it's, it's not the same as like a film. Like if you went to go see Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man and all of a sudden at the, the two thirty performance, it was like, never mind. Um, it's going to be, you know, Patrick Dempsey in the role. You'd be like, Oh, that's cool. But I came for Robert. You know, it's like, that doesn't happen when you go to the movies. It's a very specific thing. So you build up hype and, and um, and if you've been in that number two role or that number three role, you understand the like levels of work you have to do, mm-hmm. and the the little level of um, of thanks for it in terms of you know the the like hey man thanks for thanks for filling in the the big part today. You um, made the switch over, so as we said, it's coming out um, on Apple TV. Little Voice. I watched the trailer really cool uh what made you then kind of make the i mean i guess a job is a job but make the switch from acting on stage to then um you know on something like apple um yeah uh, i think you, I, I think you said it without saying it uh money um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, no i mean obviously when you talk about reach i mean television is as as probably as big as it gets and um and it just so happened, actually, this specific thing um, I'm very proud of because it's it's not exactly the most normal in terms of what gets, you know, produced all the time. Uh, it, there is a lot of music on it, and it, it came actually from my work in the theater. I was working on a off-Broadway musical with my um, director and writer, Jesse Nelson, who wrote and directs this TV show, Little Voice. And... It's not very often, I think, as actors, it's it's a very small percentage of times that you can feel the actual, like, I did the work on this show and it's going to get me to the next one. 
Um, or even, or even better, it's like, I'm going to go straight into the next one. Because sometimes things pay off, but it's 10 years down the line. And um, I, I'm, I was shocked, but like the, re, the collaboration we had, me and Jesse, it was just one of those things we were like, you know what, let's just like keep the good times going. I got this TV show. It's going to include singing. It's going to be Sarah Bareilles writing the music. Um, you're going you're gonna to want to be a part of this. And I was like, yeah, of course, of course I want to be a part of that. Um, so yeah, it was like a no brainer in terms of just like all the people involved and, and, you know, like, like I said, like being able to come home here and being able to say, instead of people saying like, Oh, are you going to be in that different hands thing? I'd be like, no, but you can check out this, you know, there's something else yeah. that was really exciting to me. Cause I'm always really proud to come back here and, and, and talk about here and, you know, all those things. So. Um, you guys are so great to give me some time, so I'm not going to keep you much longer, but I do want to do kind of like a rapid fire. Um, okay. When did you each know that acting, singing, dancing, it was for you? I want to hear Patrick's because this I, I just saw him in a video. I just watched Into the Woods the other day, you and I. <laughs> so I, I need to hear what your answer is first. <laughs> oh my God, that show. I, I love that show. That's still one of my favorites. Um, I actually had a very defining moment. I'd, I've been dancing since I was three. Yeah. Um, through Scapa, um, went to UK for it. But I, I, I think I was always on the fence of like, do I need to go into the real world or not? Like, how can I make money? How can I do this? Um, and I was considering being either a physical therapist or aviary vet for birds on the other spectrum because I was in school for pre-engineering um, or doing theater <laughs> and dance. Um, so I remember going to the 2012, it was the year after I went to GSA, it was 2012, um, I went to the um, iTheatrics Junior Theater Festival, and when I was there, you like go and like you bring a, a junior musical and like have like 15 minutes of it or something and get adjudicated, and then we went on and they were just so um, complimentary and they were like, please don't ever stop doing this, and I was like, oh my gosh, I can actually do this, um, and I had a moment and I was like, I think I want to do this. I remember sitting in the car on the way home from Atlanta to Lexington and I told my mom, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. Um, and then I knew that this was, it, it was always the, the thing in my life that like made me the happiest and that I knew that it could bring other people joy. Colton? That's amazing. Yeah, mine's, mine's similar, uh, if not almost the exact opposite. Uh, I went to GSA as well. Mm -hmm. um, also shout out both Patrick and I went to Scapo, which I, I don't speak for him, but we both love a lot. Uh, and uh, is honestly the, the more umbrella of like, that's why I do what I do. Um, but the specific moment was at GSA. I remember going there and honestly thinking I was like that my stuff don't stink a little bit at that time. I was a little, I was, you know, I was like a sophomore in high school. I was like, yeah, okay, I got this. And uh, I got there and I auditioned for all the big solos and the ensemble numbers and I didn't get anything at all. And it made no sense to me because it was all I liked to do. <laughs> and uh, I had never been very good with discipline in terms of school. Uh, and all of a sudden, when I got back, actually, Patrick and I, we did Into the Woods at, at school that fall semester. And I have never worked so hard at anything in my life up until that point. And I was like, I never wanted to be uh, respected at anything in my life until then when I realized I was like no it was the fact that I didn't receive any soul or anything like that it, it didn't matter it just was that no one thought of me and, or respected me enough to do that at the time and it's because I didn't respect myself and once I turned around I was like yeah no there's no question also I wasn't good at anything else so I was like oh god this better work 
Yeah, I only know how to talk for a living. I can't do anything else, so I don't know either. Um, um, we're running out of time, it tells me, because apparently we haven't upgraded to the more than 40 minutes um, here at the station. Great. Um, most embarrassing moment thus far? Like in the theater or like in life? In a show. Uh, um, Maybe you haven't had it, and that's an amazing thing. Definitely have had like seven. For okay. Sure. How about the top one then? You're a swinger understudy. You have several because you know so many tracks and so many things that they blend together. I debuted six out of the seven in Girls. And I remember going on, I, I had two weeks on contract in the first uh, bit of my contract. And I went on for one track for like five days that first week to like get it in. It was my first track. It was great. Then I debuted two the next week and the same week. And I went on for the third. And I remember nobody told me in Mean Girls at one moment that um, one of the girls slides the um, cafeteria trays that are like 12 stacked on top of each other at you. Um, and when she like gets on the table in this like slow motion moment and meet the plastics. And I was like, she kept looking at me like, are you ready? Are you ready? And I was like, actually looking at me like that and nobody told me because you don't see it on the video and it's like a tap in the video archive and then it just goes boom and it was literally when Regina was singing and Taylor Louderman is a goddess and I love her but it just goes and I was like oh my god I'm picking up <laughs> so well and I had a heart attack and I got off stage and looked at our stage manager she's like it's fine you had no clue <laughs> it was just terrifying but it happened yes you made it you lived Colton um, the only one that comes to mind right now is one time when I was, I was on for Evan and Evan Hansen and there was like a big moment, not to spoil it, but come on, it's been like three years now, so right. I don't know. Um, but like, there's a huge, you know, like the, the comeuppance, like you find out that he's been lying the whole time and he's breaking, like, at, there's one point in the show where you, if you're not like, like your face isn't wet from tears, like you're, or like snot, then you're just you know, you're doing it wrong, I guess, whatever. And so I, um, I was doing the part being like, I can prove it, screaming. And some drunk dude from the, up in the, the balcony starts going, you're a liar, you're a liar. And just starts mumbling the whole time and won't stop. And everyone's like, shh, like people are just audibly like, shh, stop, stop, please come on. People are like crying and things like, please stop. And uh, he won't let up. And from that moment on, you go all the way into like the big song Words Fail, where you ex you're explaining how messed up you are and whatnot. And I was just like giggling, like I was trying so hard, but like this guy kept being like, he's a, he's a liar, he's a stupid liar. I mean, what's wrong? He's look at him, what is he? like just kept like audibly calling me out. Like honestly, justifiable things to call out, but I was like, <laughs> I was trying so hard to like weep but you know, when you try to weep, it's just bad. It's just like, you know, you're just squeezing your face as tough, as hard as possible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, guys, thank you all so much. Um, I have a feeling that we could sit here and do this all afternoon. Um, I didn't know either of you personally, but um, man, you guys, um, you feel like old friends now. So thank you for um, making me feel like friends and best of luck to each of you, um, you know, the goal is 2021 in January. So my last question to each of you is, what do you hope? Like, what is your hope for the Broadway and theater and dance that you love so much coming out of this crazy time that we've been in? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think the cool thing is that um, some of the best art comes from times like this. Um, that's where like absurdist comedy came from and stuff. So I think that the cool thing is, um, and my hope 
is that everything comes back stronger. I know that everyone is just like raring to go like out of the gates, like horses on Derby Day. Like it, it, everyone is ready to go. And that energy, not only on stage, but the cool thing is the connection with the audience is the best part about every show is that we then feel like an audience, um, like that kid again and feeling that electricity is just going to be even stronger than it ever was before. Um, yeah, my, my hope is also a little bit of my, my worry is that, you know, I think it's clear to everyone that like the arts are often, uh, an undervalued or thing in terms of budgeting, prioritization, etc. And so I think this will be a crux point. It'll be very easy for people to go, oh, well, we've been doing this at home. We've been watching shows and stuff and not considering it art, quite frankly, or entertainment. And uh, well, what if this was the time, you know, we, we keep slashing the budget on these theaters and these schools. Why don't we just, you know, cut it away then totally. So I hope as artists, we get our shot to um, kind of like what Patrick says, stronger is a good word, but also just a little more defiant in terms of going, hey, culture is not dead. It won't die. It can't. And, um, and one way of, of doing that is, I mean, is theater. Theater is democracy on stage. It's one person's opinion and then someone else's and someone it just goes back and forth. And we can't uh, let people acknowledge the absence of it as a positive or as a this is this should be the status quo. Uh, Colton Ryan, Patrick Gar, I really appreciate your time. Best of luck. Fingers crossed for 2021. Fellas, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. All right.